Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the channel, and welcome to episode 449 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight... <laughs> tonight, we're going to be talking about the Barbie movie. Yes, indeed. The Barbie movie is out. It is raking in the money at the box office, unfortunately. Very, very sadly, I will continue to add to that. And uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the issues that it has, the plethora of issues that it has, and also what do I think is going to happen with the box office this weekend and also going into next weekend as there is a lot of disagreement in the box office covering space over whether there's going to be a catastrophic drop-off next weekend or whether it's going to see a pretty normal drop or even maybe a potentially strong hold for all we know. So we'll talk about that, and we'll speculate a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about Oppenheimer as well, as I was able to also see that film. And uh, yeah, let's just say I definitely am not nearly as high on that movie as a lot of the other people in this space are. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I also don't think it's a great movie either. So I'll give some general thoughts on that, and we will continue to cover... All of the other box office news going on right now. Sound of Freedom continuing to do incredibly well. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is holding, but not nearly very as strong as it should domestically. Internationally is going to be really the make or break for that film as far as any long-term success. But we will, of course, have to wait and see what it actually brings in for the entirety of the weekend. Before we do further, though, please make sure you smash that like button. That that five out. I see smash the rumble button as well. And thank you again for joining us today. Starting off over on Rumble, we got Bianca Zombie hanging out over there. We got Kincane Rumshki hanging out over there as well. Hail to you. If you have a comment or question, just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin, no matter what platform you're watching on, it lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. Unless, of course, you're on YouTube and you are a member. In which case, part of the membership is you don't have to worry about tagging. Keely Chow in the chat. What is going on, Keely Chow? Thank you very much for being here. And she indeed is laying down the laws as well. As you can see, Kelly Chow, no cussing and don't give anyone you don't like the middle finger. Yeah, we, we have a respectful channel here. We have a respectful uh, chat as well. I like to keep things PG, PG-13 as much as we possibly can. So Keely Chow, thank you very much for being here. Says, hey, Odin, how are you, Thor and Freya doing? Baby Thor's doing okay. Uh, went down a little more difficult tonight. He's, of course, in that age where he's two and a half, getting closer to three every single every single week, and so it's it's that terrible twos toddler. Uh, I want this. Now I don't want it anymore. I want this one. No, I want that one. No, I want this one. No, I want that one. Anyone who's a parent or who has kids in their family as an uncle or aunt or whatever, you know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, the toddlers, but overall, though, they're both doing just fine. GMocky76, hail to you. They call me Mr. Williams. Welcome to the chat. Great Wuda. Thanks for tagging. Welcome back to the chat. Glad to have you here. We also have LBRT over on Odyssey. Thank you very much for that fire hyper chat sticker for $5. No message other than the fire. Thank you very much, LBRT, for lighting up that fire over on Odyssey. Appreciate you. We got Rob D hanging out. We also, of course, got Great Wuda, who tagged to say, I think it's a disgrace that Barbie is going to have a bigger opening weekend than Mission Impossible 7. Uh, yeah, you're putting it lightly, Great Wuda. I think it's disgraceful that Barbie is going to have the biggest box office, domestic box office opening of the entire year. Now, of course, we still have the rest of the year to go, but there aren't a whole lot of other movies I can think of that would likely bring in as much money 
as what is being projected right now. Going into the weekend, the studio itself, right, Warner Brothers itself had projected that it would only make $75 million domestically. And now that has gone up precipitously, right? Because all of the people in the industry were saying, yeah, 75 seems kind of low, Warner Brothers. We think it's going to be closer to 90 to 100. And now the projections are north of $150 million domestically. So we're not even just talking here about one of the best box office weekends. We're talking about the best box office weekend of the year. And also for Barbie individually, the best opening weekend domestically. What's interesting, though, is you will likely end up seeing Oppenheimer coming in with a bigger worldwide opening than Barbie. And that makes a little bit more sense to me because Oppenheimer probably a lot more, uh, probably a lot more having the capacity to reach out to a much more broad audience. When it comes to Barbie, all of the numbers are very clearly indicative of the fact that it's about a 60 to 70% female demographic, at least in the States for its, its opening, its opening first couple of days. Whereas Oppenheimer definitely, though it's more predominantly men, also is appealing to others as well, and also can appeal to other countries as well. Christopher Nolan, of course, has a much more international appeal than, say, Greta Gerwig, for instance, the director and writer of this of this atrocity known as Barbie. But no, it is sad. You are completely right. It is a disgrace. That is, that's a great word for it. And that is the reason why, you know, some people say, like, how can you say that, but then you went to go see it and you gave it money? It's like, look, I've said this consistently, that when it comes to the battle right now in our culture, if we simply cede the space, if I simply just stop talking about it, stop seeing it, and everyone else around me does, guess what? The only reviews that any person, any normal person who is not following Twitter, who is not following this stuff, they're going to go on YouTube, they're going to go all these different places, and guess what? All they're going to see is the positive praise. They're going to see that 90% Rotten Tomatoes fresh score. They're going to see the quote-unquote verified audience score. That's over 90% positive as well. That's all they're going to see. Whereas if you have voices like mine, much more importantly, though, people like Critical Drinker, who has an amazing review of Barbie, by the way, if you've not seen it, it's only about nine minutes long, and he covers every single point. And he, of course, does it in the way that I only could dream of being able to actually do, right? I'm actually in the process of listening to, and I, obviously I know that this guy is not popular to everyone, but Ben Shapiro himself actually, when it comes to his review of this movie, is also doing a significantly better job than I think most of us could ever hope to do either. When it comes to the cultural issues, he tends to be on the money. But, but, obviously I know that he is not everyone's cup of tea, which is why I recommend Critical Drinker, because I do think Critical Drinker can appeal to a much wider demographic of audience, especially when it comes to... Um, ideological differences and ideological diversity as well. But, oh man, yeah, it is truly a disgrace. It is it is really, really sad. And also, too, right, because some people are kind of confused about it, saying, but wait a minute, we all, we all kind of knew that this was going to happen, and now that the movie is out, all of us do know, right? All of these people are talking about it. The problem, though, is that the audience that this movie, that Barbie is going after, are typically the people that do not follow this stuff. They either don't follow it, they're oblivious to it or they don't care because they're probably of that mindset, right? That, that is the audience that this is appealing to. And it is really sad because all I can think of is how can you possibly come out of this movie and not see the blatant misandry? Like, how can you not possibly see it? It, it is so clearly misandrist. 
anti-man, anti-male in every single way. There is not a single, you want to know how we know this? There is not a single positive example of a man in the movie. They're either dumb, weak, because they're sidelined, or they are just evil, misogynistic. There's not a single one who, who steps up and stands up as a strong male role model. And for anyone to have the simple response, because I'm sure this is what the people defending the film would say, well, it's not made for men, it's made for women. It's like, yes, but you have men in the movie still. And last I checked, the movies that you claim are for men somehow, some way are able to appeal to both men and women. See, that's something that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, the writers of this film, don't understand because they're so entrapped in their third wave radical feminist agenda that they don't understand nuance. They do not understand the attempt to appeal to a broader audience. And so this is one of the reasons why many people are speculating that second weekend, maybe it'll drop off. Here's the thing, though. And shout out to Ryan. Shout out to RK Outpost, because I know he's been talking about this. He's been really hammering this home for a long time. And he says, don't expect it to have a massive drop, because let's keep this in mind. The audience that this movie is appealing to is not the same kind of audience that would have that type of reaction. If this was the plot of a movie about G.I. Joe's, for instance, you would see that drop off. Why? Because the men who are attracted to that property are going to know about it, are going to recognize it, and are going to reject it. But think about that for a second, because this is honestly something that is actually really sad. Because that means then that what we are saying by, by expecting that to happen is that the female demographic that this is appealing to are either just simply unaware or ignorant of what's right in front of them. And by its nature, I don't like having that as my as my like general fallback, right? I don't like having to think, oh, well, women in general, I guess, just don't think about things as much. That just doesn't sound right to me, which is why I'm not saying right now that I think that the film is going to have a massive second weekend or a strong hold. I honestly just don't know. That second weekend will tell us a lot. If we see a massive drop-off, and that's a big if at this point, because I'm, I'm the, the more and more that this movie is making right now, and the fact that the information about the plot of this movie and all the stuff going on is so very, very clear, the fact that it's doing as well as it is and it's expected to do even better, I honestly don't think that it will be as likely that it has a massive second weekend drop-off. So if it does have a massive drop-off, okay. We know that the people going to see this film are aware of the nonsense that's being perpetuated into it. And again, I honestly don't see how you can miss it because there, there are some people where I've seen their reviews and I've seen how they say, well, most of the movie is really, really fun. And then there's a few moments of, 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 you know, of, of agenda stuff in there only towards the end of the movie. And I'm like, literally from the very first scene where you have the girls smashing to bits, the babies you immediately have a message that's being given. Not to mention the first scenes you get in Barbie land, what do you have? Oh, the Barbies run everything and the Kens, they're idiots on the side, completely irrelevant. And so it kind of, again, scares me <laughs> and concerns me that there are people that can't see the forest for the trees, cannot actually see what is right in front of them, what is actually going on. So if there is not a second weekend drop-off for this movie, 
Okay. I- I'm going to have a lot of questions and a lot of concerns about the audience for this movie. And unfortunately, guess what? That means I'm going to have a lot of concerns about the mainstream American female audience, female movie-going audience. So I, I, get, I really hope I get proven wrong there. Because if the movie does drop off, if the movie does see a massive second weekend decline, then we know, okay, we're all in the same boat. We're all on the same page. Men and women can together come together and recognize, okay, we got to get this crap out of our movies. We got to get this crap out of our franchises because it's destroying them. What could have been a great, fun Barbie film, and again, I'm obviously not the target demographic here, but the question is, who is the target demographic? Because if you were to say, oh, well, this is specifically meant for kids, well, it's PG-13, features language and scenes that are not appropriate for children whatsoever. Not to mention the constant preaching from these characters, teaching literal third-wave feminism, things that you would only ever hear in a gender studies course in a college. But that's for kids. Then there's others that say, but it's PG-13, so it's clearly for an adult audience. It's clearly for the people that have been growing up with this stuff, right? The college-age student and older for the moms. And then you see the film and you're like, but then why does it feel like a kid's movie? It essentially feels as if they partly made this as a kid's movie and then partly made this as a movie that they wanted to show in their gender studies classrooms. (laughs) I mean... Uh, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say at this point. It's it's just ridiculous. It really is. But yeah, I, I think disgrace is the right word for it, for sure. Abomination, what's going on? Hanging out over on Odyssey. Let's see. Frank G in the chat, what is going on? Thank you very much for being here. We got Master of Gaming in the chat as well. Thank you very much. Lesser Logic, what's going on? Cynical Time, yep. Yep, people wonder. Why do you keep calling yourself the critic who's a cynic? You're not very cynical. If you haven't picked that up from this stream yet, I don't know what else will. 20, uh, 2023 movies, what's going on? Finish General Kenny Lee. Had to say, I just watched Oppenheimer. It was good, but more physiological than physics. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Laura says, Barbie discussion is completely overwhelming any talk of Oppenheimer. I agree. I definitely agree. And I think that that is probably the reason why more and more people are, I think, overpraising Oppenheimer. Because in comparison, Oppenheimer is is perfection next to Barbie, right? Whereas in and of itself, if you actually look at Oppenheimer as an individual film, it's a B movie. There's some great stuff in there. There's some powerful stuff in there. But it's still just a B-level movie. It, it has issues. It has a lot of things that could be significantly better. Let's see. Cthulhu, what's going on? He's a member saying, Good evening to all. I want to cry every time I see a comment of Barbie praise like they are living a meme. I mean, seriously, for sure. Keely Chow, try to say, What's even sadder is that Think Before You Sleep was the guy who saw Barbie with Brittany Venti. Um, I don't understand that reference. Lance Mala, what's going on? Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Sahil, what is going on? Says I went to the cinema to rewatch Mission Impossible three for the th- uh, Mission Impossible seven for the third time. The place was swarming with women with pink T-shirts. Yeah, I mean we can say this much, and I know that I was on a stream this morning uh, with uh, the Salty Nerd podcast. I do the Saturday morning streams with them, and it was awesome. We had uh, RMB, we had uh, Robert Meyer Burnett on the show, and one of the comments that he made was he said that one of the positives that we can take away from this, and it objectively is a positive, is this is really really good for the theaters. 
this weekend is very, very good for the theaters. The whole Barbenheimer thing, the combination of Barbie and Oppenheimer is bringing more and more people out to the theater. And clearly, especially with our, with Oppenheimer, there is a crossover there, right? Because you see with Oppenheimer, it is getting significantly more than what anyone had expected it was going to get. Same with Barbie 2, right? Significantly more than what even the studio. It's getting twice as much as what the studio had projected the weekend was going to be. And you're starting to see also that it is also positively impacting other films, right? You would have thought with a massive weekend like this, with, with so many of the films, specifically Barbie and Oppenheimer, getting all this cash, oh, then you must, you must be likely to see some massive drop-offs for Sound of Freedom and for Mission Impossible 7. But you're not. You're actually seeing pretty basic, typical holds for both of those movies. Stronger holds, of course, going to Sound of Freedom. But it is interesting to see that crossover. Great Wita says, thank goodness for Netflix because I watched They Cloned Tyrone that came out this weekend. Is that any good? Sherry Allen, what's going on? Kimberly G, what is going on? Welcome. Turd Ferguson, what's going on? Dan Crane, who's a member. Hail to you. Hail Odin and family. Hashtag God's children not for sale. Amen. 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 Right, over on Rumble, Kikan Rumsky tagged to say, do you think some of critics say they like movies like Oppenheimer when they really don't? Because they want to impress people who are drinking martinis with their pinkies out. Honestly, I think so. Honestly, I think that some do. I think that some will positively review films because they get the sense that it is the award season uh, champion or the award season favorite or, oh, this... Because that was one of my issues with Oppenheimer is that it has those moments that are like, this is just Oscar bait at this point, right? You're like, wait a minute. This is being done in such a such a artistic way. And it's that type of artsy-fartsy way where you're like, wait a minute, what is the practical purpose for the way you're shooting this scene right now? Is there a practical one or are you just trying to, to, to be artistic, right? And that's how it comes across. And so I would not be surprised if some are giving some positive uh, feedback on it because of that. So, um, but yeah, definitely think that it's a possibility, King King Rumsky. He also tagged over on Rumble and said, women just don't think about things as much. Ooh, that's his words. They spend the rest of their time in their fields. And again, I know that there are some women that would probably think that way, that would probably agree with that statement. And I think that you could make an argument potentially biologically about how there are those differences there, right? Typically in men, you have a lot more of an analytical mind, whereas with women, you have more of an empathetical mind. And that's not to say that that's the rule, of course, right? And that's not to say that women don't think, clearly. Shouldn't have to be said, but in today's world, it kind of has to be said, right? I mean, the fact that we got a movie like Barbie and that it's making over 150 plus million dollars and they try to give a anti-capitalistic message in the film, it's like, oh, okay. So, Greta Gerwig, are you going to give away all your paychecks? No? Okay. That's what I thought. Over on Odyssey, Abomination had to say, not so cynical about Sound of Freedom. Ha! Called out, got him. You're correct. But that's also a movie where it's, it's very hard to actually be cynical about. Let's just be frank. Oh, man. Box Office Pro called it this time. Agreed. 2023 movies. It doesn't happen very often, but this time their algorithm worked. So the reason why Box Office Pro is typically wrong is because their formula also accounts for social media engagement. And sometimes social media engagement exists, but the film does not perform to the same level. And so that's why it is an imperfect system for them to use. This time they happened to get it right because when it came to Barbenheimer, there actually was something there. But yeah, it is interesting nonetheless to see that. Master Gaming Tad to say, are you surprised that Barbie has the biggest opening since Black Panther? Um, I am. 
I, I am and I'm not because Barbie is a massive IP. So from that perspective, it makes sense. The marketing campaign for this movie was fantastic. Even as someone who hated the movie with every fiber of my being because of how garbage it is, even I have to still recognize marketing campaign was fantastic. It was also disingenuous. It also lied to the people seeing the film. But here's the thing. I honestly think that the marketing was so effective that there are many people, many women especially, going into the film, and even though they're hearing the crap that I heard, they're hearing the same crap third-wave feminist nonsense because the trailer made their mind believe that the movie was something, they still walk out of the movie thinking that that's what it was. Because again, it's crazy when I see people who try to downplay it, say it was not a big part of the movie, when it's literally a part of every single second and every single fiber of this film's makeup, of this film's DNA. There's not a moment that you get away from it. And so the only thing that can make sense to me is that, and it's funny because the movie makes this point too, saying you're either brainwashed or you're weird. It's like, okay, I'm pretty sure I know what many people going into this movie, coming out of it positively talking about it, likely have something going on. And again, you can obviously praise things like the production design and the set design and the costume design because I think that those are objectively good things. You cannot say positive things about this script. There are too many things that you have to gloss over to even get close to doing that. You know the deal, what's going on? Keely Chow, still hanging out as well. Ikthulu Tess say, oh wow, showing off your wealth with a bookshelf made in fragile. Miss Classic Bugs Bunny. Yes. I, I was going more for the fragile. Huh, must be Italian. So he'll say, my theater was more packed for Mission Impossible 7 showings this week compared to last week. I think people are blowing uh, blowing this Mission Impossible 7 being destroyed narrative out of proportion. Oh, I agree too. I, I'm definitely not on that on that road yet. It's not doing as well as I thought it would do domestically. Internationally, until we get the numbers in, we can't know for sure, but internationally, the film is not expected to lose a lot of steam. And I think you're right. I think that a lot of people who would have seen this film initially may have gone to see Sound of Freedom instead. But guess what? They're still the same kind of person that would want to go see a film like Mission Impossible 7. And Mission Impossible 7 continues to have universal praise. So, yeah, it's definitely not over for that movie. And again, those international numbers, I think, and again, clearly we'll know by tomorrow when those numbers come in, but I think the international market is what ultimately is going to help that film. Um, because right now, I don't know. You could see the film get... If the film does not get to at least $400, $500 million globally this weekend, I would say a billion dollars is probably off the table completely at that point. Um, let alone talking about profitability. But we'll have to wait and see. Over on YouTube, Dr. Martin Van Nostrand had to say, While I love Nolan's Batman, I find his artistic ego overshadows his other movies where they look how clever I am stain. Brilliant, yes, but he gets in his own way. Yeah, to a certain extent, I do think that films like The Prestige, for instance, are, are phenomenal. And I think that there are some other films that he's made more recently that there's definitely like a lot of... Even with this movie, there's so many parts that are well-made and are beautiful to see and are worthy of praise. But yeah, I do agree. I definitely think that there are a lot of these elements in his film where he gets much more focused on the art versus the actual story. Keely Chow says, they don't call you the cynic. <laughs> you don't, they don't call you the critic who is a cynic for nothing. Seriously. Rockers Los Angeles, what's going on? 
Welcome, Dan Crane. Chat, help spread the OMB video message by clicking on the thumbs up icon below on the lower left video screen. Thank you, Dan Crane. Appreciate that. Frank G. Time to say, what comps will you use for Barbie? Wonder Woman 2017 or maybe Captain Marvel? I can't think of anything else with a solo lead character with a strong box office because there really isn't. Because all of those other films that you just mentioned, yeah, they did fine. They're not doing this. There's something clearly unique to Barbie. And it makes sense. Think about how many women have had a Barbie doll at some point in their life. It's a, I don't even know what the percentage would be, but specifically in, in North America, you would have to imagine that at least, what, 90%? At least 90% of all women have had a Barbie doll at some point? I, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it sounds correct to me, if not more. So that's a huge market. You don't typically have something, right? Captain Marvel, that's a comic book. Ultimately, that's a comic book. And though the MCU, as again, it was also part of the MCU, had a audience that did have a portion of it as female, it's still a male-dominated space. So never before have had a movie like this where you've had this many people in the audience. When I went to the screening on Thursday... For opening, I'm pretty sure I was one of the only guys in there. And again, it can make complete sense why. Usually it's a lot of girls playing with Barbie dolls, right? But I don't know exactly what film we could possibly compare it to. Because at least for this year, it is going to be the biggest by a long shot. Or rather by quite a bit uh, compared to any other film domestically at the box office this year. So there really is none. Forever Sci-Fi says, I think when you consider what the average college teaches uh, college teaches women, this movie is getting to play to its audience. That's another good point, too, right? Not only do you have, you know, a huge portion of, of American women who have had a Barbie doll at some point in their life, but then you also have to recognize, think about how many more women in today's world especially go to college and how many colleges across our country teach this garbage. So, and that's why I said, I think the only people that this could appeal to would be gender studies majors and gender studies professors. And of course, my mind thinks that's a very small group of people. And yet, if you go to a liberal arts college, the chances of you getting at least one class in that, even I, I went to a liberal arts college as well. And at one point in your in the curriculum, you have to take um, a one course that is a part of this. Uh, basically, you have to take a multicultural course of some kind. And you have to take, there's like a two, there's two courses where it's all about diversity, essentially, right? You have to take something from another uh, perspective. And so one of the classes that I ended up taking, because it was also a part of my minor uh, in theology, and again, this was a Jesuit high school, uh, Jesuit uh, college, so makes a lot, a lot of sense that this would be the case. I had to take feminism, uh, feminism and film, film and feminism. And, uh, oh no, Sorry. Feminism and religion. Religion and feminism, I should say. That was the name of the class. It was religion and feminism because it was part of the theology, um, one of the electives for theology. It crossed two things off the list. And I remember going to that class, and oh my gosh. I don't know how I survived it. The only thing that helped was that I was in the front row, and there was one girl who sat next to me who was like a hardcore Baptist. And we would, at, at the end of one of the classes, I remember... We, I think we were like looking like, cause both of us were just reacting. Cause it was not even the teacher. The professor actually wasn't terrible. It was the students. They were just, OMG, like the patriarchy is just such a drag. 
I, I wish I was making that up, but that was essentially the things that they were saying. And so at one of the points, like I was like, what the heck was that? And then I looked over and she was having the same exact look. And we kind of were like, okay, I think we're in the same boat here. I think that we both think this whole thing was ridiculous. And finally, I forget which one of us talked first, but we were like, do you think that that's complete crap? And, they're, and she was like, yeah. And so from that point on, we just were like, every time after class ended, we would just debrief and be like, this is so stupid. I can't believe how idiotic our, our classmates are. Um, it was, yeah, it was bad. Uh, let's see, Rob D. Odin, I could never bring myself to bring to go see Barbie. I would be thinking, okay, I just saw Barbie. I'm going to see Barbie. Where do I... <laughs> <laughs> see what you did there oh boy let's see master of gaming by the way thank y'all for being here tonight i'm about to jump over to talk about this more uh more officially but i just wanted to make sure i got to all the comments 121 people watching oh boy y'all are rocking it tonight guys thank y'all master gaming though tag to say mainstream media is okay with cuties and misandry but hate protecting kids and misogyny both misandry and misogyny are bad i'm just calling out the hypocrisy i again it, that's what it is that is absolutely what it is it is complete and utter hypocrisy. There is no other way around it. And I think that what we really need to recognize in, in, in the conversations that we have about this movie is, okay, w- would you be okay if they made a movie about G.I. Joes and they explicitly, they explicitly attack and degrade women? Now, I know some people in jest would say, oh, that sounds like my kind of movie. But most of us, I would hope, would say, no, that that would just be stupid because it would get to the point. And when I say that, what I mean is that they would do it, right? They would go after women to such a degree that they distract and take away from the story. They actually are start to they're starting to pontificate to you. The example that I gave in my review, and apparently some people don't like this comparison because it's ooh, it's controversial. But I describe this movie as the um, as the birth of a nation of feminist movies. If you don't know Birth of a Nation, Birth of a Nation is a film that was made that had a positive outlook, a positive view on on groups like the KKK, made them out to look like heroes, and in many of their scenes where they featured black people, they actually had white actors in blackface. So I mention that because that's exactly what this movie is. It is presenting reality as something that is not real. It's not true. It's all just a facade. They're, they're acting as if the world exists in this way, and yet anyone with a brain can look at that and say, what the hell are you talking about? They go into the real world, and one of the first things that happens, one of the first interactions that Barbie has with the real world is some random dude slapping her butt in broad daylight in front of everybody. And it's just like, what the heck is that for? Because again, when you look back to the marketing, the marketing, in my opinion was clearly directed towards kids. And Ben Shapiro in his review, and again, despite what you might think about Ben Shapiro, he made a great point. He said, what were the trailers before this movie? Because that tells you who they thought this audience was going to be. Well, guess what? All of the trailers before this movie are for kids' movies. Are for kids' and family movies. So it's clear that they think that this movie is going to appeal to them. Why else would you have... Why why else wouldn't you have these trailers? playing before your film in this way. And again, it is honestly just so infuriating that there are so many people that are stepping up. Like even people who recognize the problems with this movie are still in a, in a, in like, at least in a specific way, defending it. And it's like, no, this movie is completely indefensible. 
you can talk again. We're talking objectively here. You can talk about the the sound. You can talk about some of those technical things like the sound design, the costuming, etc. But those are again so small, so few and far between. And we all know what makes a movie: the story. And you cannot gloss over this. These are not just a few random moments in the movie. It is the entirety of the movie itself. It is the it is the exact makeup and DNA of this movie. To show hatred towards men and to just make up what they think the world is. To act no better than the filmmakers that made The Birth of a Nation when they tried to present the KKK and, uh, you know, again, they tried to present these things in ways that were not real, that were not true, that were not based in reality. The same thing happens here. They try to present feminism. They try to present um, quote unquote, the misogynistic world that we live in, in such a way where it's unrealistic. It, it's a complete fabrication. And that's why some have even come away from it saying, well, you know, maybe it was doing that because uh, it was trying to make fun of itself in that way. And it was not trying to take itself too seriously. It's like, no, you, <laughs> if you've seen the movie and you've heard the speeches that the characters give, you know, without any shadow of a doubt that that is not what that film was trying to do. Hi, dog. What's going on? Hamilton Burger Tad to say a lot of normie audiences don't necessarily watch movies with any degree of analysis other than whether it is entertaining on a superficial level, turning off the brain, if you will. No, I, I agree. I definitely agree. But here's the thing. As I said, this is not one of those movies where you can just turn off your brain. The fact alone that the word patriarchy is mentioned in a Barbie movie 10 times, mind you, how do you not see that? How do you not hear that? Because, okay, we can argue that, oh, well, you know, in the beginning when they're destroying the baby dolls, it's just symbolic of, hey, we're not going to be held down to just one thing anymore. Maybe. But the fifth time that the word patriarchy is mentioned, if you don't recognize it at that point, if you're not hearing it at that point, I I can't help you. I can't help you at that point. Jeremy Zakowski, I'd rather eat pineapple pizza than seeing Barbie. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Over on Odyssey, let's see. Piers Taylor, thank you for the $5 hyper chat donation over there. Thank you, brother. Says, G'day, Odin, watching on YouTube, but donating on Odyssey. We'll appreciate you. Thank you for circumventing YouTube. Abomination over on Odyssey also tagged to say, 0.3% of American women played with their Barbies role-playing as a radical man-hating feminist. I'm curious how women would react. Interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. KK Rumsky over on Rumble says, Do you believe colleges and universities are on their way out? I, I kind of hope so. I kind of hope so. Um, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, and the reason why is because there's just too much money behind them. Because even if you were to get the government out of it, for instance, like out of the loan business, etc., there are just still too many private donors for it to completely collapse. So you might see, I could see a lot of colleges failing, a lot of colleges, um, you know, uh, going under. But I think that ultimately there's just too much money behind them for them to to fail outright. Um, I think they deserve to, though, because... I have to ask the question, how many colleges these days are actually providing education and are not simply indoctrinating children? Remember, the human brain, the human person does not fully develop until they're 25 years old. So when you have an 18 and 19 year old going off, 
away from mommy and daddy, away from hopefully a a moral center that they've been given. Again, obviously not all families are the same, but a moral center point. And now they're being taught by other adults things that are blatantly untrue, things like what's being presented here in this movie. No wonder why so many of them fall off the cliff. No wonder no wonder why we see these massive increases in trans ideology. No matter no no wonder why we see this huge increase in when you're in college you become so much more liberal and then when you get out of college and when you actually start a life you actually typically become more conservative. Gee, I wonder why that's the case. Maybe it's because your proximity to these insane people who are more who are more focused on indoctrinating you than actually providing you useful information and critical thinking skills. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. General Wingster. So Odin, women be crazy. <laughs> some are for sure. Uh, Griffin Turbo, but so are some men. Uh, Brightburn, time to say, what are your thoughts about Warner's uh, putting Barbie on the same weekend as a screw you to Nolan? Supposedly people are doing a double feature with both and calling it Barbenheimer. Yeah, Barbenheimer has been a huge thing. So um, I've heard that and it would make sense to me because originally Barbie was not on the release for this weekend. And so some people look at that and saying, oh, well, he left Warner Brothers after the crap with Tenet because Warner Brothers did not want to have it be a theatrical exclusive and Nolan got ticked off because he is all about theaters, right? And so he ended up leaving them and I believe went to, I think it's Universal. And so that, that's now the company he's, he's working with. But some people look at this and say, did Barbie get put on this weekend because it was trying to go up against Oppenheimer? But the irony is that even if that was the case, I have no confirmation of whether that was their intention or not. It wouldn't surprise me because Warner Brothers is spiteful like that. And hey, um, they they are in such a financial hole at this point. At least they could get some positive in that, trying to take some box office away from it. But it's funny because the irony is that it actually ended up doing the opposite. It probably ended up helping Oppenheimer because of the whole Barbenheimer thing. Again, Oppenheimer is projected to get upwards of $75 million domestically, but also upwards of like $160 plus million internationally in its opening weekend. So, yeah, it is uh, very interesting to see how that's happened. Kimberly G, I'm sick to death with male bashing. I work a male-dominated job and they don't treat me poorly. But this movie would have you believe that, well, they're just hiding it. There's actually a line in the movie where Ken, who discovers the patriarchy, because he goes to a library and there's rent. That's also the funny thing. They're at this school and there's this library. And you actually have, right, this this teenage girl, that one of the main teenage girls in the movie, whose mom ends up being the one playing with Barbies. And she call, she's the one that calls Barbie a fascist and all these other things. So the same school where clearly she's being indoctrinated, at least that's how it's coming across, they randomly have a bunch of books on the patriarchy. I, I Again, okay. Um... And so Ken, when learning the patriarchy and teaching the patriarchy and bringing it back to Barbie land and taking over and all this other stuff, um, it, it honestly, yeah, it leaves you in that situation where you're thinking to yourself, or rather there's this conversation, sorry, going back to the main point, the conversation that happens is he talks to a man and he talks to this random guy who's working at a business. He says, Hey, where's the patriarchy? How's the patriarchy going? And he's like, that's not really how it works anymore. And then in the conversation, he ends the line with saying, we just hide it a lot better now. And it's like, wait, really? Is that honestly how we're running with this? Is this honestly how how we're going to try to push this? 
is now for women to walk away from this movie saying, oh, I guess the patriarchy is still here. And oh, I guess this person is a misogynist. The only thing that this movie can do is create radicalized people. Like, unless you laugh it off completely and are so oblivious that you still find it entertaining and did not notice any political stuff in there, in which case, again, I can't really help you. I guess you're not going to be impacted by much of anything. Um, I kind of want to check to see if you have a pulse at that point. But <laughs> but other than that, it's like you're either going to come away mad or you're going to come away happy and thinking to myself, yeah, girl, woman power, but not, you know, actual true good feminism where it's talking about us treating each other with respect and, and dignity, et cetera. But no, no, no. Instead it's this radical third wave nonsense. Keely Chow. I usually ask guys in, in chat of some streams, the question who wants to watch Barbie with Brittany, uh, Brittany Venti. Okay. Let's see. Laura says, I guess ops girlfriend played by pew was extremely intelligent, but I don't remember that being shown in the movie. The nudity and sex scenes added nothing. I agree, Laura. Um, and again, that's usually my take on any film. It, whenever they have those types of scenes, whenever they have the sex scenes and the new scenes, it's like, okay, th- th- this does not add anything to the story at all. It is, it's one of those things that gets added and you're like, what goes through the mind of a filmmaker saying, oh, and then we're actually going to have our actors being fully nude and then we're going to actually have them, you know, emulate a sexual act on screen. It's like, what goes through your mind? Like, like, it's like, wait a minute. They, they historically, they had a relationship there's so many other ways that you can present that and get the same thing across. It was something Hollywood was very, very good at during the coded era of Hollywood, in fact. I still remember one of the most powerful scenes in film history is in A Streetcar Named Desire, when all you have is the mirror gets smashed and then the camera fades away and you're like, oh, I think I know what happened and oh boy, you didn't need to show anything, right? But I, I do agree. Um, they they do establish her a little bit, Laura, in the movie where she has a brain. Like when they first meet, it's clear that she is intelligent because she's kind of speaking with him at his level, just not on the same topics, of course. But she presents herself in a way where you're like, okay, this woman's very confident and understands and knows things about the world. But I do agree. They definitely don't show her as being book smart. And her entire character essentially exists to be the the sexuality of the movie for for again for basically no other reason than that and it's yeah i I agree i think it's ridiculous definitely think it's ridiculous all right let's see dr martin van nostran why was my comment ignored uh i don't remember ignoring it sometimes again when there's a lot of people especially in the chat i click on a comment and then forget about it yeah, so I, I again didn't didn't ignore it on purpose. Uh, as often as I like and listen to music that sounds good but has poor lyrics, I think many will overlook the poor message of Barbie for its sheer spectacle and love of the IP. Yeah, I definitely think that that's true. Is that the comment that you thought I skipped? Because again, I I, I don't skip I don't typically skip comments unless I say, hey, I'm going to skip comments. Anyway, apologies if that's how it came across. All right, Brightburn, and then we'll we'll go ahead and dive into this officially. Brightburn85, I've heard the best thing you can say about Oppenheimer is that it's not a history lesson film, it's a film first. And supposedly, haven't seen it yet, it leaves you feeling with a feeling of dread. Yeah, it does. And the thing actually that I like most about Oppenheimer is how it presents the moral qualms of the people involved with the project, or at the very least, the moral qualms of Oppenheimer. Now, whether it's based in reality or history, I honestly don't know. 
But I know that for me, it resonated because I teach theology. I, I teach morality, especially, right? I teach juniors in high school. And the thing that we focus much of the year on is morality and moral questions. And one of the things that always comes up is the question of the morality of the choice to bomb Nagasaki and Hiroshima. When you especially remember that Hiroshima, or rather Nagasaki, was not one of the primary targets. And in addition to that, actually had the largest Catholic population in Japan. And then you think about, okay, the death of all those innocent people. Now, I'm not trying to open up this debate morally. Again, this is not really the time or the place for it. But that's something I did like about the movie is that it at least raises the question. And they don't just present one side. They do present both sides of the argument of saying, yes, but think about how many people could have died if it was a land invasion, right? How many innocent people could have died if it was a land invasion? But it also still brings about those questions and brings about those moral principles or rather moral questions that I think are still important to talk about, you know? So, yeah. Let's see. All right, we'll pick up back with that one, but let's go ahead before jumping over. Let's let's pick up the super chats. Again, apologies for anyone who's been waiting. Let's see. Carnal, thank you for the five dollars. Super chat said as a as far as Margot Robbie led films, I'm curious how you'd compare the Barbie movie to Birds of Prey, and if overt messaging is equal to both films. I think that the messaging in Barbie is infinitely more than anything in Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is just a very poorly made movie. It's just, again, it's it's incompetently made. And there's definitely some girl boss stuff in there. Barbie, the problem with it is that in many ways, it is well made, right? The, the issues don't really exist with pacing or with any of the technical stuff. It's really the story. It's the story that is just garbage. And so with Birds of Prey, there's a lot of problems going on in front of and behind the camera. The story is not good either. But no, if we're talking about what kind of messaging is being pushed, I will say, and I will die on this hill, Barbie is significantly more woke than Birds of Prey could ever hope or dream of being. We're talking here about a movie that's supposed to be, again, it's supposed to be about Barbie. It's supposed to be about this, you know, again, stereotypical uh, girl's toy, and instead it becomes a hour and 45-minute lecture on third wave radical feminism. Significantly more in Barbie versus versus uh Birds of Prey. Uh Jai Lo, thank you also for the $5 super chat. Says cleaning the theater after Barbie was hell. Dang, dude. Yeah. I remember those days. I remember whenever we'd have a massive new movie coming out, we would have to get all the crew together, especially if it was in the IMAX screen. And look, I understand. I understand. Uh, when it comes to going to a movie theater, a lot of people are used to just buying their stuff and, and bringing it, you know, or rather leaving it behind. But I've come to the point where every time I go to a movie, I always clean up after myself. I'll leave like napkins and things like that. But as far as like the big stuff, like cups, I always bring that stuff with me. I always pick that stuff up. I remember what it was like. And when you're coming away with like five bags, five gigantic bags of trash out of a theater because it was full. Oh boy. Yeah. Totally get that, Jilo. So apologies. But hey, you know what? That's also a good thing because theaters have not had that for a long time. So despite the fact that the movie is complete trash, hey, 
at least we could say something positive in the fact that it is helping out theaters in different ways. All right, let's go ahead and dive into this. And again, we'll get back into the chat in a little bit. Let's go ahead and talk about Barbie a little bit more uh, more officially, especially talking about the box office. But uh, the first thing that I want to point to is this. So this is a site. I don't know too much about it. So let me know if you happen to have used this site previously. But this is a site called worthitorwoke.com. I think that this all stemmed and probably came about, you know, what, five, six years ago, I would have to guess. Maybe it's been around for longer than that. Where people were asking, you know, all these movies coming out, I just kind of want to know whether it's woke or not. Well, hey, apparently someone listened and someone is actually putting out uh, reviews that explain it. And so for Barbie, guess what? They put the woke label on it, but I do like also how they break it down. Greta Gerwig spent $145 million to deconstruct a beloved child's toy in two hours screed in hopes of making you as miserable as her. Oh, boy. Oh, that's a sick burn. Again, we know how on Rotten Tomatoes you have the consensus and it's like, this movie is just a breath of fresh air and fantastic and pro-woman and isn't this great? Instead, here, here's the truth about the film. Again, Greta Gerwig spent $145 million, And apparently the reason why there are disagreements over the budget of the movie is because $100 million is probably what the studio actually spent um, in total because they probably got about $45 to $50 million worth in tax credits. So the movie costs about $145, $150 million. The studio only spent about $100 million with tax credits, what I'm hearing at this point. Out of 100, they gave it a score of 38. It then uh, gives this rating summary. So again, you thought that that line was great. Here's their rating summary. Barbie is what you get when you give the reins to a movie about a brightly colored and upbeat doll that has brought joy to little girls all over the world for almost 70 years to a clinically depressed professional victim with a Mattel HQ-sized chip on her shoulder. The only thing that audiences should feel at the end of this movie is pity for Greta Gerwig's husband. Ooh! Even that one's a little too much for me. <laughs> Even that one's just a little bit too far for me. That's, that's not how I roll. But, oh man. Oh man. <sighs> so if you want more... From that, if, if that's a perspective where you're like, oh, tell me more, uh, check it out over at worthitorwoke.com. But for the plot and story, got 25%, visual cinematography, 65%. I agree with that. Performance, also, I would agree. I think that the acting is good. I think the visual, all the technical stuff is actually pretty good. The performances for what the movie is are also pretty good for, for what it's supposed to be. The story, however, is just, I would give it a lot lower than 25 um, direction, I would also give it lower than 40. But also, non-wokeness, did it get a zero? Yep. Because literally from the beginning to the end, it is filled to the brim with third-wave feminism. Radical feminism. And really, it should just be called misandry at this point. But anyway. It, and then also goes through uh, all this stuff. So here we go. Here we go. Some woke elements. So I'll just read this part. The word patriarchy is unironically and awkwardly shoehorned in no fewer than 11 times. Playing mommy with baby dolls is okay, but if we're being honest, it's actually oppressive. Just ask your mom. Yes, that's a line in the movie. Even though the film's prologue touts Barbie as a breaker of baby doll chains, the film writ large is a two-hour deconstruction of Barbie, tearing it to pieces throughout while also spending no fewer than two minutes on a monologue detailing how Barbie is an emblematic... <laughs> emblematic 
emblematic of everything wrong with the world, especially the patriarchy. Unrealistic self-image, consumerism, capitalism, blah, blah, blah. Men are pigs to objectify women. Women hate men and men hate women. There's tons of whining, including a three-minute speech that might as well break the fourth wall about how impossibly hard it is to be a woman because they are forced to be all the things to all people while not being too much of those things for others. I can't overemphasize the filmer's narcissism. And honestly, that was, in my opinion, the worst part of the film was when they went back and forth for these several. And it was not just one three-minute speech. There is a long section where there is a speech, but there's also a back and forth that happens where she gives this speech to several. This is actually how she breaks. Here's the movie again. The uh, Ken goes back to Barbie land and brings patriarchy with him and implements it. It, it. it goes into place, by the way, overnight. Everyone buys in, including the Barbies. And the only way that they can convince the Barbies that they're actually being brainwashed by patriarchy is by giving them this speech in several different ways. Which again, it's impossibly hard to be a woman because you're forced to be things to certain people, but then to be the opposite to other people. Is that not what life is? I'm not saying that's a good thing, but hey, all of us go through that. That's not exclusive to women. Men go through that too. And that's why the problem, that's why the problem with this movie, it's not being made for, for people. It's not being made for the general audience. It's not being made for, for anyone who's actually going to see this movie for the reason they're going to see it. It is specifically made for those who are clinically insane that fully accept third wave feminists, third wave radical feminism, misandry. Those are the only people that are going to walk away with any sense of fulfillment. That would make any sense. But oh goodness. So yeah, I actually, you all know I like to do things live so that I get, you get my reaction live in time. But man, oh man, I want to dive further into this, uh, into this review because it's getting a lot of things right. Metacritic, as you all know, I do prefer Metacritic versus all the others. I actually put a review out for IMDb because someone said IMDb is really great for user reviews. They declined my review. They did not allow my negative review of the film. And you know me, people. Do I come across as someone that is not at least somewhat appropriate? But this movie got a 6.1 on bar, uh, 6.1 on Metacritic right now, which, let's just be frank, is a much... <laughs> Much more appropriate score than what it's got right now over Rotten Tomatoes. I'm pretty sure it's still in the 90s. And the all-audience score, I think it's in the 70s, but still. Way, way too high. The facts, though, are that this movie is doing incredibly well at the box office. Barbenheimer is fueling to a mind-blowing $300 million box office opening. And again, this is just going to show you that, hey, these two movies are absolutely helping each other. At a time when Hollywood fears that Q3 and Q4 of 2023 release schedule will fall apart because of the strikes going on right now, um, the motion picture industry is reaping one of the biggest domestic box office weekends on record. That's with Warner Brothers and Barbie's Universal Oppenheimer lighting up to an estimated $308 million opening weekend. Barbie has a lot of bragging rights beyond owning a dream house and sports car. Warner still says $150 plus million three-day opening for the American Blonde. So they've actually updated it. Before the weekend, they thought $75 million. Actually, 150. Industry calculations believe it to be more more than 161 million. Anyway, you cut it out. It's the biggest opening weekend of 2023 to date after the opening day. Also, best year to date. Um, opening day was 70.5 million. Oppenheimer's 
is eyeing a $77 million three-day opening after a $33 million opening day, which, again, for a three-hour drama is very impressive. And again, I think the Barbenheimer is absolutely helping it in that way. But massive money domestically. Internationally, is also very big, too. Barbie living the dream with a projected $300 million global bow. So that would be about $150, $160 million domestic, whereas Oppenheimer Explosive at an estimated $166 million global opening. And I think that ultimately Oppenheimer probably will end up doing better internationally because, again, I don't I don't think Barbie is is as much of an international. But again, I'm also not an expert on Barbie. Audiences of the domestic global international box office this weekend are going bonkers for Bobbenheimer. Warner Brothers Barbie is now poised for an estimated 300 million worldwide start through tomorrow, which again, just as a frame of reference, if it opens to 300 million dollars and if it has a strong hold in week two, that means a billion dollars is on the table. Doesn't mean it's guaranteed, but it means it's on the table at that point. Which, if that does happen, I might actually lose hope in humanity. <laughs> like, seriously. It, 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 again, if that honestly does happen, if if Mission Impossible 7 doesn't get a billion dollars, but Barbie does, after the movie it is. Again, if it was any other Barbie movie, and it was just a it was just your typical fare, it was your typical Barbie fare. I would say, you know what? It's not for me, but it makes sense. But the crap that we actually got, that would be terrifying to me. That would be absolutely terrifying. That a story that is from beginning to end, third wave, third wave radical feminism, misandry, gets that much love and support. That would terrify me. Warner Brothers Barbie is now poised for an estimated $30 million opening start. Meanwhile, Universal's Oppenheimer is now pegged for an $165.9 million worldwide bow, including $88.9 million internationally. Eyeing $150 million each is Barbie, is for Barbie. So Barbie actually is going to, I correct the statement I said earlier, Barbie is actually expected to have a bigger international opening weekend in comparison, which is, again, also kind of, <laughs> kind of terrifying. These figures are for both titles beyond expectations, confirming there's room and a desire for a diverse quality of offerings. And that's what they're going to take away from this, people. They're going to be taking away, oh, this means people like third-wave radical feminism in their movies. It's like, no, no, no. People just really respond to good marketing. And Barbie has been around for 70 years and is a humongous IP for the female demographic. But hey, the facts are the facts, and this movie is doing incredibly well. Now, the question that everyone's asking, though, is are we going to see this film have a massive drop-off? Well, here's the thing. There's two scenarios where this film has a massive drop-off. The first is that the movie had such a large opening weekend because so many more people saw it than what would have been expected that in its follow-up weekend, it's already eaten up all of its momentum, and so the drop-off is large because, not because people are hating it, but because the people that were going to see it all saw it opening weekend. That's a possibility. I don't think it's likely, but it's a possibility. The second reason, or the second way that it would, uh, you know, it would have a massive drop-off would be, hey, maybe there is a reason to have some hope in humanity. Maybe there is a reason to have a hope in, in, uh, <laughs> in all of the females of the world because, hey, guess what? They were able to actually wake up to the complete and utter crap show that this movie actually is. The bait and switch that the marketing department played on them. And they begin to completely reject this movie. I hope that happens. I don't think it is at this point, which is sad. The other option of what's going to happen is it's going to have a gigantic opening weekend. That's a foregone conclusion at this point. And then its second weekend, it has a stronghold. 
50% domestic hold or less. Um, internationally, strong too. And if that does happen, if we do see some massive holds next weekend, some strongholds next weekend, okay, then, then you're talking about a potential $800 million to a $1 billion film. Massive drop-off changes things a little bit. But yeah, Oppenheimer, with this type of opening weekend, I, I think this is definitely a good thing. If it's true that they only spent $100 million, I don't believe that. I just can't. I, I know how much money that IMAX film cost and how many miles of IMAX footage they actually shot. So it makes little sense that the film would only have cost $100 million. But you never know. You never know. Maybe if the vast majority of that went to film and they were able to save money elsewhere, it's possible, maybe. But it just doesn't sound right based on the movie that we actually got. It, it looks way more expensive than $100 million. So again, who knows? Um, but if that is indeed, indeed the case, then that movie, Oppenheimer, is also, at this point... Uh, likely going to make quite a bit of money as well. Um, but probably not going to be near as much as, as Barbie. That that's the, cra- that's the crazy thing, though, is that Barbie is not only going to have made more money than Mission Impossible 7, more money than Oppenheimer, but also think of any other film that's come out this year and all the other films that are yet to come out this year. Crazy times that we live in. Crazy times that we live in. All right, let's go ahead and get back into the chat. And uh, towards the end, we'll we'll talk about uh, Mission Impossible 7 as well. I know some people are interested. Also, Sign of Freedom. Let's see, Abomination, or I'll address those if people ask questions about them. Uh, Abomination over on Aussie says, Well, we all know IMDb didn't decline the review because of foul language. Right, Odin? It's not because of that. Abomination says, Apparently, there are apps or sites that list brands that went woke too. I'm kind of on the side of redemption and against putting entities or people on lists, entities or people as on list. But this is such a crazy world we live in. And again, I think that there is a market for that because why would you want to support a movie or why why would you want to support a a company if you have the ability to not support it? Because that's the thing. I'm not an absolutist with that. There are some people where they're like, you need to boycott this thing completely. And it's like, if you can if you can do that and that works for you, go right ahead. I will support you. But not everyone has the capacity. I would love to boycott China. It's just not practical. There are too many things that are made there. And even if you think you're buying something that's not made there, in all likelihood, the pieces of what you're buying, especially if it's technology, will have been made there, will have been processed there. And that's not going to change until we start pushing our own representatives to start actually trying to get manufacturing jobs here. None of that would ever possibly change until... Um, we get manufacturing here. That's the only way that that's ever going to change. Yeah, the IMAX film abomination is miles long. We're talking like, I think, 7 to 11 miles of footage is the three-hour cut of, uh, of, a, of, of that movie. And that's not cheap movie. That's not cheap film. And remember, they also created, never had existed before this movie, they created, for Nolan specifically, because he requested it, black and white IMAX film. That can't be cheap either. It's it's brand new. It's not like it's something that they can just, you know, make make in no time at all. Over on Rumble, Kinkane Rumshki did have to say, is Barbie introducing you to a new concept? Are you taking the red pill tonight? I mean, it's not a new concept to me. I mean, this stuff's I've I've known about this stuff for a long time. But this is this is the most this is the most egregious I think I've ever seen this stuff. All right, 721 in the chat. It's 803 in the chat. It's 803 in real life. So I'm about 40 minutes behind. So please do be patient. 
Uh, but Great Wuda says, uh, The Clone Tyrone is a mystery sci-fi movie that also have comedic moments. It also feels like a modern black exploitation film. It also shot an actual film I enjoyed. Interesting. Rob D., I know nothing about the real Oppenheimer, but Killian Murphy, Murphy Oppenheimer looks like he's killed multiple people in his life, even before developing the A-bomb. Well, in the movie, right, they do uh, present him as a person with that capacity. Remember his professor? And he, he does something with a needle? You know what I'm talking about? General Wingster, my pet troll. Cope and seed Odin. <laughs> Kek44, what's up? Let's see. Dr. Martin Van Nostrand says, as a Christian, I agree. Barbie is satanic and nefarious. I was merely trying to explain why folks ignore the messaging for the nostalgia. Oh, no, I totally, I totally understand. Um, and, and you're correct. So many people want to believe that, that the world around them is not filled with, with evil, right? And I can hear people say, oh, yeah, Odin just said that it's demonic. And it's like, look, when you have a child taking the, uh, the edifice of a, uh, or the image of a child of a baby and slamming it on the ground, destroying and, and crashing, literally smashing its head in the ground. I'm sorry. What other imagery am I supposed to take away from that? Great Wuda. They cloned Tyrone. Okay. I got that one. All right. I, I got one that already explained that, uh, John Boyega, Jamie Foxx, Diana Paris, who plays Photon, upcoming Marvels. This doesn't, doesn't seem like my kind of movie, but uh, Daniel Roden, what's going on? Dr. Martin says, would like to see a comparison with Barbie, with Barbie and Mario. Um, with the box office? Yeah, that might be the route we have to take because, again, if we see a stronghold next weekend, that probably will be the one because Mario is the only real billion-dollar film from this year. So that would be the film to, to put it up against. Uh, lesser logic, what's going on? Achilles Chow, I won't say that specifically. Uh, I'll just mention that it was a Jesuit college. Dr. Martin says, film and feminism at a Jesuit school. Francis Xavier, eyes rolling. Yeah, St. Ignatius of Loyola, his eyes rolling. I, I mean, it, it just, yeah. <laughs> and that was not the worst thing, uh, education-wise. That was, that was wrong with that movie. General Wingster, it does kind of sound like my movie. Ah, so did I sell you on it? I sure hope that's not what you took from that. Forever Sci-Fi, that kind of hatred uh, would be even more out of place for G.I. Joe. They'd end most episodes of the cartoon with a moral lesson because knowing is half the battle. And I mean, honestly, that was just the thing that came off the top of my head. But think about any male-dominated property. I guess maybe you could... No, even then, it's, it's not really specific to men. But I'm honestly trying to think about a comparison. And I don't really think that there necessarily is one. But imagine if you found a property that was predominantly male that was meant to appeal to a younger audience, as in the case of, of, of this case with Barbie, and they were instead teaching um, misogyny, like blatant misogyny, defending it. Most of us would say, no, that, that's, that's, that's ludicrous. That's ridiculous. And yet with this movie, clearly with this misandrous message, people are defending it. It just doesn't make sense. Kili Chow, it's a good thing a German filmmaker didn't make a movie that has the Nazis being the heroes and the Jews being the villains. I know. I mean, obviously people say, oh, you you went to the extreme example. It's like, yeah, but t tell me tell me how it's not a genuine comparison. Uh, Mike Jackson, what's up, brother? General Wingster, Birth of a Nation is better fantasy film than Lord of the Rings. Well, again, I, I always say this much too. Like even with Birth of a Nation, most film buffs will say it did it did set the standard for a lot of movies. 
it, it did change the game for, for film for film history. So, you know, you can be critical of the things that are worthy of being critical, right? The way that they present uh, black people, the way that they present those things, worthy of criticism. But the technical elements are actually, in many ways, even still to this day, praised. Barbie doesn't have that. Other than, like, maybe the costume and the set design. Dr. Martin Van Nastrin, 100% agree, not defending a movie at all, just explaining why soccer moms... Yeah, you don't have to say that more than once, dude. I, again, I fall behind the chat. That's why I've got the little ticker down there, too. Love you, too, brother. Laura says, Griddle Jinker just tweeted out that Oppenheimer was emotionally sterile. I'm in good company, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far as as he went with it, but I do think that... Um, I do think it's getting overpraised. Uh, Bredicus, what's going on? Keely Chow had to say, there's a reason why the crazy hot Matrix exists. <laughs> I understand that reference. Fox One, what is going on? Um, but up, up, but up, um, let's see. Dr. Martin says, Psalm 127, a song of ascents. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it, who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stay, stays awake in vain. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Chat jumped on me like it always does. Thank you all again for being here. King Kane Rumsky is Barbie. Okay, I got that one already. Cool, cool, cool. Just making sure I'm up to date on all of the other platforms. Good. Ikthulu tried to say, it's auteur to have needless gratuitous nudity in movies. Darn pro proletariat. It's just, it, again, it still is completely unnecessary. General Wingster, it's okay. Odin ignores me too. That's not true. <laughs> Victor Fontaine, come fly with me. <laughs> Victor Fontaine had to say, I think you are about to be disappointed and your eyes opened to the views of the female Norby audience. I'm seeing a lot that liked Barbie and saying all women need to see it. Me too, Victor. And again, that's why I said that would not surprise me. I, I do think that that is a very likely scenario. Um, but it doesn't change the fact of just how, how sad and again, less sad, even more terrifying that is. Because then you're talking about a huge audience of people that are either ignorant or complicit. And, and both of those things are terrifying. Because if you can't even recognize the garbage in this movie, or if you actually support it, that's a scary thought. Go Again, go back to, if you want to go further into it, go to Worth It or Woke. Because they actually have like a full breakdown of all of the elements. All of the elements. One of them actually has here traditional quote unquote stereotypical Barbie as it was said in the movie ultimately has no place in Barbie land by the film's end and is only fully realized when she puts on a pair of Birkenstocks and an unflattering Hillary Clinton pantsuit to go to the gynecologist. I wish I was making that up. But I'm not. <sighs> Again, if anyone misses the stuff <laughs> that is in this movie, you're either ignorant or you're complicit. <sighs> Forever sci-fi. I don't get leaving stuff behind in the aisles or seats of theaters. Usually you have to walk by the trash can on the way out. How lazy are people? People are incredibly lazy. It's the same thing when people would bring food in. And again, I, in principle, don't have an issue with that. 
um, from someone who used to clean up theaters. The issue that I had was when people would leave the stuff behind, right? If you're going to bring in your own food and then leave it behind, then it becomes a bigger issue. Because, you know, when we're cleaning theaters, you know, back in the day when I was cleaning theaters, it would be a situation where you expected it to, you know, the boxes and the, the drinks, right? They're all of a certain size. They all work in a certain way. You become used to it. When a new element, something from the outside of the theater becomes brought into play, then it becomes just this whole, whole giant mess. Rob D. Since we got a Barbie movie, we can also get a live-action Hot Wheels movie. It's also owned by Mattel, and they actually built a few real Hot, car- hot Wheels cars. If this is what they do with Barbie, I don't trust them with a Hot Wheels movie, dude. Again, imagine what they would do with that. I guess that could be a comparison. Imagine if they made a Hot Wheels movie geared towards boys, and it was all trying to teach misogyny. You, you would hear outcries about that for days. And yet, what do you hear about this? Oh, we have to defend it. Oh, it's so good. Dr. Martin, let's face it, people are shallow. They see Ravi as cute and discount uh, substance. Again, there are moments when I can understand that to an extent, but you just, again, read that article. People, I don't think, recognize just how much stuff is in there. Again, I understand people can be shallow. If you are that shallow, as I said, you are either ignorant beyond belief or you are complicit. Great Wuda. Again, I'm so glad they cloned Tyrone came out on Netflix this weekend. Okay, we got you, brother. Turk Ferguson. So Warner Brothers already gleaned the Barbie sequel. Wouldn't surprise me. I saw it was trending. I mean, they're already going to be making money off of this movie based on this opening weekend. So Michael A. I was at the theater to watch Oppenheimer today and saw way too many dudes in Barbie gear. Is it time to worry about the current state of masculinity yet? No, never, never. There's never a reason to do that. One should never have concern about any of those things. Super anime gamer. What's going on? Super. Hey, what's up, my dude? I'm so late. Just got back from Barbenheimer. Double feature. Surprisingly, I enjoyed both, but Oppenheimer was far more a favorite. Absolutely incredible. Super. That concerns me a great deal. How in the heck can you say you enjoyed Barbie? You need to go check out, because apparently you you need a wake-up call. Go check out worthitorwoke.com. And if, if you read through it and say, hey, did I actually see these things happening? And if I didn't, oh boy, I might need to get my eyes checked. Keely Chow, it's crazy that fictional story, fictional character Jay Sherman was ahead of his time when he wrote an essay about the state of Hollywood and the films that are being turned out. And then she said that twice. Uh, if the movie stinks, just don't go. Jay Sherman in the episode of The Critic. Oh, nice. All right. Let's see. 106 people still watching on YouTube. Thank you all very much. Again, smash that like button, please. Does mean a lot. Looked like there was a troll in the chat earlier, but... Pierce Taylor said, Mario had a bigger opening day. Nice to know. Forever Sci-Fi, I think a lot of people would rather ignore the fact that we are in a true open war between good and evil right now. They still prefer that it was just a story. Yep. Oh no, you're getting all religion on me. Please tell me what is not cultish or at the very least philosophical. And I would say obviously philosophically damaged in everything coming out of the Barbie movie. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. I mean, these are the same people, likely the same people who are either not going to see Sound of Freedom or are actually perpetuating the conspiracy theories against it. Uh, Sahil says, did Jeremy cry during Oppenheimer? <laughs> I wasn't there with him, but it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if he, uh, if he shed a tear or two. Uh, Laura says, ah, yeah, Barney Stinson's crazy hot scale. Yes. 
the the video for that one is still so classic here in the steadfast what is going on welcome back big worm thanks for being here tag to say i'm torn my 13 year old son is nuts about science physics history world war ii he really wants to go do you think i'd be nuts to take him to an imax with the uh, yeah don't take no 13 year old not appropriate yeah yeah big worm um definitely not appropriate you, you could always hope. I doubt Nolan would do this because he doesn't seem like the kind of person. He's an artiste, after all. Um, it would be nice if he if he put out a PT-13 cut of the movie because I don't think it would take too much. Maybe I, I... Again, I've only seen it the one time. It is three hours, but I don't think it would be too much because there might... there Other than some moments where there was maybe some language, those were the biggest things. That, that pushed it to the R rating. So again, completely unnecessary in the movie. But no, I would say at the way it is right now, no. Uh, not appropriate at all for, for a 13-year-old. Uh, let's see. Keely Chow had to say, Speaking of Mattel, there should have been a Shira live-action movie back in the 80s. I'm actually a guy, but it's all right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I misgendered you. Much love, Keely. Jenna Winkster says, I enjoyed Barbie without even seeing it. Oh. Cam Cam's Crash Course is, it's funny that Barbie is the propaganda film between itself and Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh, significantly more, right? Because there is, again, I think there is some good historical stuff in Oppenheimer. I know that everyone, whenever a film, historical film comes out, everyone comes out of the woodwork to talk about how it's not historically accurate here or there. And again, I understand I don't go to a movie like that expecting to get a complete history lesson. That's going to be completely unbiased. Um, but again, and that's why I do respect the position of people that, that have been saying, but there's some that are like, Oh man, this is such a consp-. like, like I think there are people going, there's people who are overpraising Oppenheimer. And then there's also people that are just tearing it apart. And it, it's, it's just nonsensical. The only film that deserves that kind of attention is, is is honestly Barbie. That's just how bad it is. Uh, Big Worm. I may have to sail the seven seas and, see, and, and cut the scenes myself. Uh, would it take away from the story? Again, the scenes themselves do not take away from the story. That's why, again, they are completely unnecessary. But even if it did, I, I still would, again, and obviously I can't make those decisions for you, I would just say I strongly encourage you to not expose... I I would honestly say there are probably better movies about Oppenheimer or about that time in history that you could watch that would be much more appropriate. You do not have to see the newest film right now. And I would say that those scenes are 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 graphic enough to where it would just not be appropriate anyway. All right, super. I have some concerns, super. I was told Barbie was god awful. Um it is. Not not no. Not as it is bad. It is god awful. Really gosh awful. So I was pleasantly surprised when it was okay. It's not okay. Laughed a few times. Agree that it's super preachy, but it didn't ruin it for me, bro. Again, I, I honestly do not see how you could. And I, I'm not trying to 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 be on the high horse and try to say like you must bow to my reality. It's just there is way too much in there. There's way too much in there. Like again. It did not take it away from you. It's the entire movie. Super. It's the entire movie. It's not even that it's just a few parts. It is literally the entire thing. Again, I recommend highly if you've not watched Crickle Drinker's review. He does a great job. There's a great review by Ben Shapiro where he breaks things down. And then also, I just put it in the chat again. Go go read that. Because I don't know how you miss some of these things. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. By the way, Abomination, 
if you don't tag me, I'm not I'm not reading the comments. So that's why you may have said it, but literally like when I say put at O in the very beginning of your comment, I literally mean it because <laughs> because the only way that my brain is gonna be able to stay sane is by only letting my eyes fall on when I see the the at Odin dude. So that's why I always see that you're leaving comments, but I'm not processing them unless it has the at Odin at the very beginning. <laughs> oh, goodness me. <laughs> he then says, yeah, it's fine. I'm rambling. See, I saw that one because you, you, you put the tag there, man. Oh, goodness gracious. Let's see. Here in the steadfast says, do you think Barbie will have a really good opening, but a strong, dro- uh, a, a strong drop off? So yeah, as I was saying, uh, earlier, I think that the opening is going to be incredibly high. Again, it's looking at worldwide being uh, $300 million or so is what right now the you know the experts are saying. Now, again, who knows what's going to happen there. But personally, and again, shout out to Ryan from RK Outpost because I think he's done a great job covering this. It seems to me that the audience that this movie is appealing to, and th- this is even from some of the people that have talked about it already today, the people who are going to see this movie are, again, either complicit, meaning they agree with what's being said, or they are ignorant of what is being said. And so if that is the majority of the audience seeing this movie, then that means that the majority of the audience seeing this movie are ignorant or complicit. And how could you possibly then see a drop-off next weekend? So that's why I don't suspect that there will be a drop-off. If there is, we will know why. And again, it's going to be one of two things. Either one, more people than I thought, and I'll be so incredibly thankful. And this is not just me saying like, oh yeah, I'm hating this movie because it's a cool thing to do. No, I honestly know that this movie is going to have such a negative impact on the minds of very impressionable young people, specifically women. That makes this me that makes this movie evil by its nature. So... The only way that this movie is going to have a massive drop-off is either, one, people wake up to that fact and finally start to embrace the truth. It's not an opinion. It is a fact that that's what this movie is. If you like that or you don't mind it, again, you're either ignorant or you're complicit. Um, and again, that that is totally on you for that. But if it's not that, then it will be that everyone who was even thinking of seeing the movie all saw it opening weekend, and then it drops off after. I don't think that's going to happen. If it does happen, though, that would explain it. That would make the most sense. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Let's see. Back into the chat. Big Worm. Yeah, we've watched some documentaries. I'll totally take your guidance. Just sucks. He'll miss the IMAX experience. Sex scenes just don't add much to the most movies. Such a waste of a film. It really is a waste. It really, really is a waste, uh, Big Worm. But here's the thing. There's going to be a plethora of films that get released in IMAX, man. Um, and I'm assuming that maybe maybe you're close to be able to have the 70 millimeter IMAX experience. But it's this is not going to be the only film that's going to have that. Um, so I would say don't worry about it, man. There are bigger and more important things than the IMAX experience. And there will be an opportunity to to be able to see a film that will be not only appropriate, but also um, entertaining and good. Ikthulu, I wish that Equalizer 3 would come out immediately to cleanse the palate after this weekend. Yeah, I started watching the film Beckett, actually. <laughs> when I got home from Barbie, I was like, 
right, I need I need like a manly movie. Not to say that's like the most manly film of all time, but I was like, yeah, you know what? Very sci-fi. Drinker's grown so much, he now gets invited by Russell Brand to be on a show. Again, we actually had on the Joe Rogan podcast, a, the director of John Wick, uh, Chad Stileski, he mentioned Critical Drinker by name. So we know people in Hollywood listen to him. So that's really like the biggest hope that I have. I'm not saying that it's going to be a well-founded hope, but the only hope that I have of people actually waking up is is the fact that Critical Drinker, and he doesn't he's not just critical of this movie, he eviscerates it. He destroys it. And so even if you don't want to read the article that I posted, at least watch his review because if anyone for any reason did not see the things in the movie or were not somehow bothered by it, but you're of the mindset where typically that stuff would bother you, watch his review because I think that it'll help it'll help wake you up. Um, let's see. Kikan Rumsky over on Rumble says, if the Barbie movie doesn't have a big drop off next week, do you plan to go see the movie and start openly cheering for Ken? <laughs> no, dude, I don't ever, 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 um, want to go see that ever again. I'm, I'm posting the link to the article again. So again, that's the article for, uh, uh, woke worth it or woke. I think is what it's called. Again, I haven't vetted the site completely, but from the very little that I read, on stream yeah it's uh it's good stuff it's good stuff and it's accurate let's see turd ferguson barbie is to woke and feminism as the lego movie was to socialism anti-capitalist uh let's see anton k47 my my tether was packed on normies in pink what i have no idea what that's supposed to mean Big Worm, my friend's wife was going to take their 10-year-old daughter. No, do not take them to Oppenheimer. I think people have no idea uh, are going off the trailer as they don't check out reviews. I clued her in and her face was hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad that you did. And I think that's the other thing too, right? Is I think there is a general ignorance of a lot of moviegoers. And we, we've known this, right? Because there's been mindless movies that have made that have made you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. You're like, how does this movie make money? That's not any good. Hey, audiences don't really think a lot, or at least general audiences in, in general. And that's why I can understand, even in a case like Birds of Prey, like even in a case like Birds of Prey, where it's very much clearly there as far as messaging, I could understand someone going to see that mindlessly and even enjoying it. There is nothing that I can honestly say could convince me to understand anyone who can actually jump away, step out of the movie Barbie. And again, the only two things that make any sense in my head are you are complicit, meaning that you actually endorse this this garbage, or you're just a completely ignorant person. And I don't like saying that. I really don't like saying that. I don't like painting people in boxes like that, but there really is nothing else. Let's see. King of Diet Coke. What's going on? Welcome to the Citizen of Asgardian level. Thanks for becoming a member on the channel, brother. Thank you. Thanks, King. Appreciate you. Super says, I also think I'm burnt out by politics and the culture war. I don't care about things being woke anymore. I just want people who care about what they make. Super. Again, I can understand being burnt out by that stuff, but <laughs> this is beyond the pale, dude. And 
it would make me very, very sad if you've changed that much to where the things in this movie are not seen as a problem. Frank G. Warner Brothers first make the garbage ultra-feminist Velma, which was greenlit for season two. And now Barbie, what is next, do you think? Wop the musical. Oh, could, don't give them ideas. That'd be terrifying. Uh, King of Diet Coke says, I see the Blu-ray shelf is back standing. It is. the Blu- It is a Blu-ray shelf, not a comic shelf. I can see why it could look like that. Um, yeah, it's it's very it's fragile. Uh, it's not in order. It's not in order yet. So I, I've not put the Blu-rays back in order yet. But um, yeah, the shelf was able to get picked again. The shelf really, I think people thought that it just like collapsed. What had happened was we had to pull the shelf off the wall, so it was like in the middle of the room because we had a friend that was doing some electrical work and he needed to get access to that point. And so it just happened to be in that spot so that when it fell, it fell against the wall. And then when the Blu-rays were pushing back against the back, which is more so meant to be a visual and less practical, it's not meant to actually hold things, the weight of the Blu-rays went through. And one of the back panels broke. It actually broke in half. The others just came off because, again, the nails on there are very, very small. And it's not really meant to to hold that stuff. Um so it actually putting it back together was not hard at all. Um, getting them back in order that's that's going to take quite a bit. But I appreciate the the two dollars super chat, brother. Thank you. Let's see, Pierce Taylor. What is it profit a man that he gaineth the IMAX but loses loses his soul? I think that's actually a great way of. Yeah, Big Worm hopefully got that article. Can Can's Crash Courses. Hey, everyone. Cheers, mate. Have a great rest of your weekend. I got to hop in uh, hop in a minute. Hey, no problem at all, man. We're going to be ending the show in the next few minutes. Let's see. John W78, thanks for being a member for six months at the Keep of the Bifrost level. Appreciate you, brother. Also, apologies for anyone who's been waiting on the uh, podcast. I, I, again, as you all know, uh, Mommy and Daddy, me and, and the Flick Pick, we we had a bit of a, of a fight um, don't worry, we are talking to each other again. I don't know if we're going to have the ability to get back into the podcasting. I am trying to figure out how to schedule uh, a, a special guest host, though, uh, for this month. Hopefully, be able to get a couple of those done. I'll try to make it up to y'all. And again, if you are a Keeper of the Bifrost level or above on Patreon, subscribe to our locals. We do have that giveaways channel on Discord, and I do plan to do several other giveaways. I actually just gave away, shout out to Laura, because she was one of the winners. She was the winner. I just gave away the Lord of the Rings 4K. Um, extended editions, uh, the the newest 4K set that was available for those. So I'm giving away tons of stuff uh, over there, and I plan on giving away a lot more before the month is out. So let's see, Ra Raphael, welcome. Let's see, Michael A. Tide say, does Barbie's box office performance embolden Kathleen Kennedy to stay on course? Again, that I think is also we all know Hollywood does not understand the market. They look at this, and in their head, they think, oh, people like this because of XYZ, when in reality, it's, no, you had a 70-year-old massive IP of a predominantly female audience, an audience that typically does not get movies that are made for them, and instead of going in that direction with creating more IPs for that audience, they're instead going to continue to push the political nonsense. Let's see. Great Widow says, you are right. A lot of parents don't even read the movie ratings. It boils my blood. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, and that's the thing. Like you can learn, you can so easily learn about these things just by reading the rating. The rating always has why a movie is rated PG-13, why a movie is rated X. And then also too, for kids, there's some great metrics, even IMDb. I think it's become so crap uh, in the last several years, especially since Amazon took over for it. But it, it, even IMDb has parent guides. Those parent guides are very, very good. They're very specific about, hey, here's what's in the movie. Here's why it would not be uh, appropriate. And it lets you ultimately make that decision. Lacey Tano, I agree. Th th again, as much money as this movie is making and will make, imagine if it was not the insane diatribe that it is. How much more money it could make. Like, seriously. How much money they've left on the table because they decided to not even just go in a political direction, but to go into an unhinged direction. Big Worm just noticed the Fragile sign. Yes! <laughs> Gerald Armstrong, welcome. Uh, King of Diet Coke, again, thank you for becoming a member. And thank you for the $5 super chat. Says, hail Whammon, hail Barbie. Respect Whammon. Uh, so, though, if Barbie makes a billion, though, while Mission Impossible 7 keeps crashing, that'll suck. I agree. I agree. Yeah, again, I'll have to wait and see what the internationals are for Mission Impossible 7. For those wondering, Mission Impossible 7 is expected to drop around 50, 53% domestically. We don't have the international projections yet. We can guess, though, that it probably will hold strong because Mission Impossible franchise has always done well internationally. Um, and it, it did very well in its opening weekend. So that's going to be the make or break for that film. If it has a strong international and it has that very average, not great, but also not garbage hold around that 50%, then we're looking at that film having the potential to make its money back, but probably not by that much. If it has an insane hold internationally, okay, maybe that hope stays alive that, that a billion could be possible, but it's starting to become less and less likely every day that goes by because you do still need some performance domestically. And uh, so again, we'll have to, of course, have, have, you know, we'll have to wait for the, all those numbers to actually come in. Sound of Freedom, though, is still doing incredibly well. I know that some people care, care about um, Sound of Freedom a lot. And again, it's a great film. But what's great about Sound of Freedom, I mentioned this on the uh, Salty Nerd podcast this morning, Sound of Freedom has now made more money domestically than um, The Flash. So The Flash has already been surpassed by Sound of Freedom's domestic. And if Sound of Freedom continues on its current track, it's at 110 million right now. What we could see this film at, what, 130 plus million by Sunday. If we continue to see that rise, it'll then also have the potential to pass the domestic for Elemental, Disney Pixar's Elemental. And if it gets upwards, if it gets over 150 million, it even has the chance of getting past the domestic total of Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. So Sound of Freedom is doing very, very well, better than what anyone, myself included, could have ever expected. So yeah, great weekend for the box office though. As awful as Barbie is, as awful as it is for, for the minds of the people seeing it, who are either ignorant or oblivious or, or uh, promoting and endorsing of what the film talks about, it is still a good weekend for the box office. So, let's see. Abomination over on 
Odyssey says, I think a huge problem with advertising has been emasculating men for decades. They keep portraying men as bumbling buffoons who need to pay to do stuff that men have traditionally been doing, while women are always surprised how bad their husbands are at the task. And that's the thing, like that that's subversive though, right? I think all of us can can agree that that's subversive marketing. So I can forgive somebody if they don't recognize that. Because not everyone can pick up subversive stuff. That I understand. If all that this movie was was subversive, I would get it. But it's not. It's overt. It's blatant. It's clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. It's clear as crystal. The word patriarchy mentioned 10 times or more. The speeches given. The very beginning of the movie. With the smashing of the babies. We're not talking about subversive commentary here. We're talking about overt messaging with lines that are clear as day. As I said, the only way you miss that is you're either oblivious, ignorant, or you agree with it and you support it. That's all I can really say. All right, we're about to wrap things up, though, so let me get to these last comments here. Again, thank you all for hanging out tonight. Big Worm says, do you think this will stop the Attack the Fans marketing and instead subvert by having an extremely middle-of-the-road trailer? And then, so, Big Big Worm, that's the thing, though. I kind of hope it doesn't because think about how if they take this and they actually learn something good, which is maybe we should be promoting these films better and actually creating, you know, better, more enticing trailers. I don't want that because I don't want... That that because the marketing for the film is subversive. There's nothing overt in the marketing, right? We could pick up on things for sure, but it's a much more subversive tactic where I can understand why a lot of people would not have recognized it. But if they start to play that tactic, and if they play it as well for this movie or for other movies as they did for this movie, then that would actually great cause greater concern because then think about what movies could have. You know, could you know? Again, imagine if Disney got this and they were able to market the movies that they've been putting out for kids to the point where they're able to drive out audiences in the same way as they once had. Now, I think there's a lot of other problems going on for Disney as far as the image that they have towards parents. I think a lot of it's because of the public stuff. But that's why, to me, if if parents can see what Disney is doing and can recognize the crap that they're trying to push on kids, I don't see how they can't see that with this. Again, only two ways, only two options that can really help explain or make any sense of it. Frank G says, just became a member. You have the next box. Not, uh, you have the next box office analysis, in my opinion. Oh, the best box office. Thank you very much, Frank G. I really do appreciate that. I try, I try to stay as balanced as I can. I, I also try to stay as, as firm as I can. I think some people can be very wishy-washy with stuff. I try not to be that, and I'm not always going to be successful at that. Um, but I do appreciate that, Frank G. I love it. I, I find it a lot to. I find it to be a lot of fun. Thank you very much for becoming a member. It didn't get. It didn't notify me for some reason. I don't know why. Let me go up and see if if you did, and I just missed it, or or what. Yeah, I'm not seeing that. It popped up, but Frank G. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I do see your green name. Frank G says, I'm surprised Barbie and Oppenheimer got the same cinema score, but not surprised. Again, cinema score is garbage. You can go, and again, cinema score does not release the data. I say this all the time. All they give you is a score. 
For all we know, it could have been two people saw it opening night. We'll never know. We'll never know what market the people who saw the movie and who, who rated the film came from. We'll never know those things. That, that's why it's just, to me, a, a, a garbage statistic. Let's see. Cthulhu, who's a member, says, What a false idol that 50-foot-tall Barbie was. Thanks for the discussion. It's a valued and appreciative. I mean, honestly, that's also a great thing. Like Again, that's a little bit more subversive, but when you have all of this other factual data to back you up, you're like, okay, now I can see even more things. Now I can see the subversive stuff. Uh, General Wingster, Odin, you got nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Always love me a good reference to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. General Wingster says, so when's the next Q Shaman meeting for Sound of Freedom? <laughs> Gosh. Oh, goodness. I can't believe people are still running with that with that nonsense. Talking either about the film or talking about um, Jim Caviezel or other people. It's like, come on, brother. You got to you got to wake up to that. But anyway, that's going to be it for me tonight, everybody. Thank you to the 109 people. Dang, y'all are awesome. Thank y'all uh, for still hanging out tonight. This has been great. Smash the like button, like the fire button, ask you smash the rumble button as well before y'all head out. Uh, as far as the upcoming stream schedule on Monday, I will have the Good Morning Asgard podcast. This will be the last week of the Good Morning Asgard podcast. I start meetings for school in two weeks. That's insane. But hey, that that's what we do. Our meetings start the first week of August. So I'll have meetings starting uh, not, not this coming week, but the following week. So this will be the last Good Morning Asgard podcast, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time on Monday and Wednesday. Um, the OMB report's done for the summer and probably for a while. Uh, I have an event on Tuesday that I have to help live stream for my school, so I won't be able to stream then. Um, but Monday and Wednesday, Wednesday will be the last Good Morning Asgard podcast stream. We, of course, have Friday Night Tights on Friday. Tuesday evening, we'll have our Good Morning, sorry, we'll have our Welcome to Asgard podcast stream at 7 p.m. Eastern, like we normally do. And uh, then Friday Night Tights, Saturday Night Stream as well. Trying to think if there's anything else. We'll have our Chosen of Valhalla stream this Thursday. So Chosen of Valhalla stream will be this Thursday. So that will be also an early stream. But those, I do give my full attention to my Chosen members. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Though if you enjoy those discussions, if you've seen those before, that think that you might want to listen in. We talk typically about really whatever the Chosen want to talk about. But normally it talks about culture, pop culture, movies, things like that. And I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and of course tomorrow be on the lookout for the box office breakdown where we'll get the official numbers for Barbie. And again, it's looking like $30 million worldwide is likely for its opening weekend, which is just insane. Oppenheimer about $160 million worldwide is what we are being told. Again, that would make sense a little bit more sense to me in my head. Uh, and then we will, of course, we'll also talk about how amazing sound of freedom is doing as it's continuing to do well. And also what the fate of mission impossible seven will be also. Anyway, I need ice cream because I am tired but thank you all again for hanging out tonight. You've been awesome and amazing and beautiful people. Um, keep the word out there. Use the link I, I sent y'all. Uh, again, I think that's a great reference point, especially if you have no desire to see the film. I would say at least read that because then if anyone's talking to you, you can actually use it as a reference saying, okay, what about in the movie when it says this or when it says that? Um, because I do think it's important for us to have this discussion because again, we cannot seed the ground. I know that it's better or feels like it's better or feels like it's more effective just to ignore everything. But that's almost the equivalent of putting one's head in the sand as the world burns. We can't see the ground. We have to be ready to have these conversations. We have to be ready to have these discussions. And I know it's not popular. I know that there's probably going to be some people who love Barbie and, and who don't like the fact that I'm painting the people that would have liked it 
or would not have seen the problems in it as being either complicit or ignorant. I know that that's not going to, uh, you know, bode well for a lot of people, but I think it's important for us to be straightforward, to be honest, and to, to have the tough discussions that need to be had. And I, I think that it is especially important in, in today's world and in the, the crap that's being pushed onto, because remember, this movie is being marketed towards kids. You, you can argue all you want about it. It's PG-13, and, you know, it's it's if you read the rating, it's clear that, I'm sorry, the marketing for this movie was made to appeal to kids. Why is it that the trailers before this movie are not all adult movies? It's, it's a lot of kids' movies being portrayed and a lot of movies being promoted for this movie. So we need to understand and recognize what they're trying to do. And just like with all the trans crap, this is a part of that same strain. It's part of the same strain. They are trying to indoctrinate, perpetuate lies, perpetuate falsehoods. And it's important for us to, to stand up to that. And it's important for us because, yeah, Cthulhu, you're right. It's going to get nominated for Oscars. No doubt in my mind. It is going to... You know what? If Barbie were to win Best Picture at the Oscars, it would not surprise me at all. That's the world that we live in today, everybody. That is the world that we live in today. And so, shout out to my Force of Light girls because I always think they have a great saying in their show. Be a force of light, and that's what we need to do. That's what we need to be. We need to be that force of light in this world of darkness that we are a part of. And you can say that I'm overreacting to a movie about a kid's toy, But seeing that I've actually seen the film, and I know many people have not, I can say, without a shadow of a doubt, this is beyond just being a movie about a kid's toy. This is evil. Pure and simple. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless.